A reading from the book of Exodus. Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. Leading the flock across the desert, he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There an angel of the Lord appeared to him in fire, flaming out of a bush. As he looked on, he was surprised to see that the bush, though on fire, was not consumed. So Moses decided, I must go over to look at this remarkable sight and see why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw him coming over to look at it more closely, God called out to him from the bush, Moses, Moses, he answered, Here I am. God said, Come no nearer. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. I am the God of your father, he continued, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. The cry of the children of Israel has reached me, and I have truly noted that the Egyptians are oppressing them. Come now, I will send you to Pharaoh to lead my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and lead the children of Israel out of Egypt? He answered, I will be with you, and this shall be your proof that it is I who have sent you. When you bring my people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this very mountain.
At that time, Jesus exclaimed, I give praise to you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, for although you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, you have revealed them to the childlike. Yes, Father, such has been your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wishes to reveal him. Verbum Domini. We're going through Book of Exodus in our daily readings. Uh, these last few days, and we hear about the call of Moses today. And I, I love this story so much as the church fathers meditated and taught and saw this as a, an image of our, of our journey of, in life that we are on as well, this exodus from sin and death through Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and that we need to be rescued, we need to be saved. And that, that's the overarching message, is that God is doing this work that he sees and hears the cry of his people, as Moses did, right? He was Hebrew, and he was raised in the household of Pharaoh. Pharaoh's daughter rescued him from the Nile. He grows up and he visits his kinsmen. This is yesterday's reading witnesses their forced labor, sees their suffering, has a heart for his people, wants to help them. And he sees an Egyptian you know, striking one of the Israelites, and he, Moses, kills the Egyptian, buries him in the sand, goes out the next day, sees two of the Israelites fighting, questions them, why are you fighting, and why are you striking one another? And they said, who has appointed you ruler and judge over, the, over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? And then we're told that Moses was afraid because the news is getting out. It's only been like a day, the news is getting out. And Pharaoh had heard of the affair, so he sought to put Moses to death. And Moses flees into the desert. <clears throat> so Moses, sees the injustice, wants to help his people, and in a sense wants to take the matter into his own hands and uses violence. And that's not going to be the story of Exodus. Moses and the Israelites did not fight their way out of Egypt. They were liberated by the power of God's outstretched arm. We hear that phrase repeatedly. This is God's work. He pounds Pharaoh with the plagues. You know, he does the great signs and wonders. He takes their firstborn, right? Finally, they let him go. They roar out to the Red Sea, and there's 
They're blocked by the sea. You got the chariots of Pharaoh coming down upon them and Moses has cried out, cries out to God and God says, go forward. Isn't that a great image of life? You got an ocean in front of you or a big sea or whatever it was and say, go forward. Why are you crying out to me? Move forward, trust in the Lord, depend on his strength. So Moses has to go out and be a shepherd and learn what it means to be a shepherd. He's tending the, the flocks of his father-in-law. And then finally, when his moment does come, he says, who am I? First he says, here I am. He's ready to serve the Lord. But then he says, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? He's learned some humility. He's learned some docility. He's gonna depend on the Lord now, not do it through his own strength or violence. And the people themselves, right? Those Israelites said, who appointed you? Well, now he's getting his appointment. He's getting his call from God to go back and do this work. And I think that is so true in our life that we need to seek our vocation. We need to seek the will of God for our life. That's where grace is. And have that trust and dependence on him. And God will send us trials to, to develop that trust and dependence on him, to do it his way that Moses is called to go back and be a shepherd, not, a, not so much a soldier, but to have a heart for the people, to guide them, to serve them, to lead them to the promised land. Now, I often forget this, but they don't, Moses doesn't make it into the promised land, right? He, he goes up to the boundaries, right? He said they go in and reconnoiter the land and it's walled cities, it's more developed cultures, they have weaponry, the Israelites have the clothes on their back, they're dependent on God and they're afraid. And the people have to learn that trust and dependence on God. To go in and take that land that God wants to give them, an image of heaven, that we're called to, you know, to be in heaven for all eternity. And we need to trust God for the grace to get there. It's not my own strength. I need to have faith and repentance. I need to turn to him and trust him. And yes, it is a battle. And yes, the enemies in one sense are greater than us. It's too much for our fallen human nature they're held in bondage and slavery. They can't defeat the Jebusites, Hittites, Gerasites, whatever tights they got in the land, right? It's, just, it's a much more sophisticated people, right? They can't defeat them, they need God. We can't beat the battle of sin and death. We need God. And the sign that God will give them, this will be the proof that I have sent you. When you bring my people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this very mountain. The Ten Commandments, God reveals the law, reveals himself, reveals how to worship him. And this unites them as a people. 
this forms them. This is, will be fulfilled in Jesus Christ, ultimately, that we will be united in his mystical body, that we can offer worship to the Heavenly Father and in through Jesus Christ, that Jesus will reveal his Father to us. No one knows the Son except the Father. No one knows the Father except the Son, that he's, through him, we have this intimacy, this relationship with God of mutual you know, love and knowledge, be friends of God, and in doing that, we'll be united with each other. We'll have this liberation together. And through that faith, we will make it into the promised, blessed, heavenly land that we are called to. We need a liberator, though. We need one greater than Moses. Because in a sense, Moses failed, right? The people failed. That whole generation did 40 years in the desert. Boy, that's real, isn't it? You see the Red Sea parting, you see the pillar of fire, you see the cloud of glory descending on the tent of meeting. You have the Ark of the Covenant and you don't make it in. The whole generation, 40 years, died in the desert. Finally, Joshua leads the men. Moses falls short because he's a man. We need the Son of God. We need to be united to him to make it into heaven. We need it, the grace that he has won for us. We become afraid, like Moses did, trusting in our own strength, our own ways, the ways of the world. We can be victorious in Jesus Christ. We can be triumphant. We can know his peace, his joy in our life when we worship him, when we trust him.